Welcome, everyone, and thanks for tuning in today to a special edition of Live from My Drum Room, remembering Lenny DiMuzio, my dear, dear friend. Uh, Lenny is probably best known for his 40-plus years uh, working for Zildjian as artist relations manager for most of that time and director. Um, A couple of things just to point out. Uh, the timeliness of today's show in that Lenny would have turned 90 next week on May 4th. Uh, Lenny would have turned 90 years old. So just in talking with friends, uh, Zildjian alumni and, and folks and Lenny's daughter, Therese, I just thought the timing would be great to do this today and uh, and have this you know post up on YouTube on Lenny's actual 90th birthday. So that's, you know, kind of a... a you know, kind of a special thing. Uh, I'm going to be joined by Lenny's daughter, Therese, today, and also some of my old friends and Zildjian alumni, Colin Schofield, Jerry Donegan, John Sorensen, and Bill Morgan. And uh, Rob Wallace from Hudson Music is also going to join us. And a little later on, Paul Francis, who's busy making symbols, is going to join us. Um, so we'll have some good stories to share. I think you'll enjoy some, a lot of laughs there's so much to talk about with Lenny. Um, I also want to, in case we forget in the heat of all the laughing and, and celebrating we do today, mention that this book that Lenny uh, put out, I believe in 2009 is uh, actually, I don't remember the year exactly, but in any case, I believe there are still copies of this available. And I will confirm that when Therese comes on, she sells this book tales from the symbol bag. Lenny's uh historical and historical and hysterical memories of Lenny DiMuzio. It's fantastic. Um, Also quickly just want to apologize to Lenny's family and friends and all the drummers and artists out there that I know would have loved to have been part of this today. And we just wanted to keep this particular show, a small group of people um, to remember Lenny. And you can bet there'll be more episodes with, with other folks. Uh, You know, I know, thousands of drummers that would want to come on and talk about Lenny and tell and share their stories and tell stories about their history with Lenny. So you can be sure that's going to happen in the future and more of Lenny's family, et cetera. So today is going to be just kind of a small group of us that worked with Lenny uh, for many years, uh, sharing our memories. Okay. So thank you for your patience and uh, for tuning in today. It's going to be a fun show and I see we have lots of folks watching and so without any further ado, I'm going to welcome my guests, an esteemed panel welcome. of guests here. Guests. And, and if you folks are watching at home on, you, on Facebook, please mute your, your sound so we don't get that echo I, I just heard. But um, all right. So look at this bill morgan is secret square i'm gonna start with uh <laughs> lenny's daughter therese demuzio just as as they appear on my screen uh rob wallace of hudson music formerly of drummers collective dci video colin schofield vice president of marketing or as lenny used to refer to him as the <laughs> as the uh, advertising manager <laughs> bill wild bill morgan aka sparky Bill was our sales manager for the East Coast for many years at Zildjian. There's Jerry Donegan, vice president of sales. John Sorensen, legendary, the tallest man in the company, our drumstick man for many years and many other hats that he wore. So I'm going to 
I want to welcome everybody. Thank you for being here today. This is such a, a fun uh, event that we have happening right now, and I appreciate you all being here. And uh, Therese, I'm going to just maybe just jump in with you for one second if you want to say anything or if there's anything you'd like to start with. And we'll, I'm going to have Colin give a little bio on Lenny. Oh, well, thank you. It's an honor to, to be here today and and uh, share some stories, some laughs um, with these esteemed guests. And uh, Johnny, thank you for bringing us all together. And oh. that's a wonderful thing that we can share some great memories of my dad. Um, I have so many stories uh, growing up in the shadows of of uh, of him, uh, seeing so many things, experiencing so many wonderful uh, opportunities, and and working at the company as well for many years, off and on doing a lot of different things. Um, so yeah, I know uh, we all have some great things to to share. So I just want to say thank you, and I'll, and I'll chime in and have Colin take the floor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we we should point out that Therese is an exceptionally gifted drummer yourself, Thank and you. a very fine musician. You're Thank you. wonderful drummer. Thank you. Um, yes. So yes. yeah, when when uh, when John and I were were talking about putting this together, we uh, we felt that there's you know probably a, a good number of people that have kind of uh, maybe heard the name of Lenny Demuzio and. Uh, somewhat aware of uh, of his legend, uh, but probably don't you know understand I I exactly um, his history and and uh, and what he represented. Um, as you will certainly get to learn throughout <laughs> throughout the next hour, he was uh, an extremely unique and um, uh, extremely funny, extremely charismatic. Uh, you know, he was he was one in a row of one, as we say. There was there was really no one I've ever met quite quite like him. Um, but in addition to that, it's important for people to understand the role that he played within you know within the drum and uh, and percussion uh, industry. And, um, and please, anybody, feel free to, to to chime in here and correct me if I get any of the facts wrong, but. But uh, Lenny uh, began working with Zildjian in the uh, in the early '60s. Um, up until that time, Armand himself was really the main uh, symbol tester. It would be Armand that was was testing and sorting the symbols and 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 picking symbols for the different dramas. And and Armand also, you know, was uh, he was the the sort of main liaison uh, for the dramas. Uh, but as we got into the '60s. Uh, and especially after uh, you know the infamous appearance of the of the Beatles on um, on the Ed Sullivan show, uh, the, the Zildjian business just exploded. I I, I remember Armand telling me that at the end of the year when um, when the Beatles were on Ed Sullivan, that the company had ninety thousand symbols on back order. I mean, it was just a uh, you know, the demand just exploded. Um, uh, you know, just exponentially. And uh, so obviously uh, they, you know, needed to grow the company and grow the business. And that's when Lenny's role uh, really began to expand. So, so Lenny had known Armand um, and, and from uh, uh, Lenny was a working drummer, you know, playing in all the clubs, 
playing in the combat zone in, uh, right, in, in Boston. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, and, and Armand, as we know, you know, he loved music and would spend a lot of time in, uh, you know, going to watch bands and listening to music. And that's how he got to know yeah. Lenny. And he invited yeah. Lenny in to, to join the company. So yep. Lenny really, as the company got bigger, he took over that role of uh, as the as the main symbol tester, and also um, took on the on the role of uh, of working with uh, with the artists. Right. And I think um, you know a couple of things here. First of all, you know, I have to explain to everybody that that no one had a better ear for symbols than Lenny Demuzio. I mean, he had, you know, Lenny was an exceptionally gifted musician. He was a, a wonderful drummer. I saw him play many times. He played the banjo. He played the spoons. He sang. Uh, <laughs> he was an ex exceptional musician, but yep. he had an in incredible ear for um, for cymbals. And, and yes, certainly he came in and, and arm and taught Lenny. But Lenny, you know, developed this incredible ability to uh, to match cymbals. And uh, soon, you know, the, the top drummers, they were all, you know, wanting Lenny to, to pick their to pick their cymbals. And it's important to point out that it was Lenny who trained, you know, Leon Chiappini. But right. uh, it was uh, when the company kept growing and they needed more and more help. It was Lenny that, that, that brought in Leon and, and, and taught Leon how to test and, and how to uh, match symbols. Right. And, uh, you know, there's a very, very specific skill. I mean, anybody pretty much can pick out one good sounding symbol, but, but blending a set of symbols together into a symbol setup, you know, that is an art unto itself. And, and right. Lenny had no equal as far as matching a, a set of uh, symbols was, was concerned. So yeah. Lenny really, um, you know, he his presence in in the in the company became very significant. Again, now you're getting into the late '60s and the early '70s, where you have rock and roll, you know, exploding. And um, you know, it's not like uh, yes, there were there was artist relations and uh, programs in the in the drum industry going back to you know Gene Krupa and working with Slingerland in the in the '30s, and you know, but. But when you get to the late 60s and the early 70s, now, you know, music has exploded and you're, and you're having, it's not just jazz anymore. You know, you, you have all these different styles of music and, uh, it, it, and, and, you know, instead of a company having a handful of drummers, you know, now you've got a, you've got a hundred drummers. And, uh, and, and I think where, where Lenny's, uh, really unique skill was is that, is that, um, he could make everybody feel like they were part of a very special and exclusive family. Right. And uh, he had this, this natural ability to do that. And it's something that Adam Nussbaum talks all, about all the time. <laughs> it's like, and, and Armand was the same way when you were talking to Armand, when, you know, Lenny was talking to a drummer, you felt like you were the most important person on the planet. And it, and it didn't matter whether you were, you know, black or white, whether you were a jazz drummer or a rock and roll drummer, a heavy metal drummer or a symphony player, um, you know, whether you were just starting out in your career or whether you sold, you know, 10 million albums to, 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 to Lenny and, and Armand, you right then and there, you were the only person that, that, that mattered to them. And, um, and, and Lenny had this, um, it was it was a very very unique skill, uh, and again, it didn't matter as I say whether you were black or white. You know, he was one of the first guys um, to really push and, and get people to know about Terry Lynn Carrington. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the industry had been very, very male orientated up until that point. And then here comes Terry Lynn, you know, incredible drama. And, and Lainey was, you know, one of the first people to, to talk about her and, and, and get people to take her seriously. And um, and so it it it, it really didn't uh, it didn't matter to to him, and um, and as I say, you went from these companies, you know, having a few drummers to take care of, to now this whole kind of stable of drummers to take care of, and and Lenny really you know kind of formalized an artist relations program, and um, and uh, and that's why you know, we refer to him as the, the father of artist relations. He was, he was certainly the father of, of what we would consider to be uh, modern artist relations, you know, within the, the, the drum and percussion industry. Uh, there's, uh, you know, no, no question in my, in my mind about that. And, and that's the, and, and frankly, you know, he set a standard that, that has, you know, has, has rarely been matched. It was a, a, a very, very unique, uh, set of, of skills that he had um, but he was so good at it because it came from the heart because he mm-hmm. loved it he loved drummers he loved drumming he would nothing he liked more than you know sit down you know with a couple of pops and talk about drums <laughs> you know and hang out with drummers it was it was from yeah. the heart and yep. everybody could feel that and that's why yep. they responded to him the way they did exactly yeah absolutely yeah, definitely so much heart yeah um, thank you, Colin. That that was beautiful. That was absolutely was perfectly. Um, Jer- Jerry D, I, you know, I you you worked probably worked with Lenny the longest, maybe in terms of years. Um, and if we could just jump back a second, yeah. Colin, you you started at Zildjian in eighty two uh, or three. Actually, it was, um, I started them with them in London. I've got a funny story about that too. Um, in uh, in nineteen eighty three. So I, I, I had my first visit, training visit to the to the Zildjian factory, nineteen in January of nineteen eighty four. Okay, well, wow. we're going to come back to that. And Jerry, you started in the late sixties at Zildjian. Yeah, sixty six. Sixty six retired in two thousand eleven, I think. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So Jerry, so you're that, only that's... five years old when you started. Yeah. <laughs> I almost like you, Colin. <laughs> 1966. So by my recollection, you worked 30... 46 years of happiness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, but that's, that's like 35 or six years that you, that, that you and Lenny overlapped together at, at Zildjian. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah am I, am I doing the math right? Yeah. 66. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So front row seat for a great ride. <laughs> yeah, I mean, can can you are there are there any stories or a story that that we can tell here today? First of all, yeah. well, you know, <laughs> that, staying with the theme of of Armin and Lenny, it's, it's like uh, Batman and Robin, and uh, you know, they were they were um, the show was in Kansas City. It might have been a jazz educator show or PAS show, or what have you. And back in those days. Uh, you know, everybody, you, you double up. Not that there were a lot of people on the road back in the early 70s, but Armin and Lenny would always stay in the same hotel room. Well, I, I'm sure the night before they were leading the league and entertaining, probably the last ones to leave, what have you, and got to bed late. And uh, they had an early wake-up call the next morning uh, to get back to uh, to Boston. And they slept late, and uh, I guess when they finally woke up, it was a dash to to get packed and put on the clothes and get out to the cab and get to the airport. And I guess they were walking through the, uh, the jetway at the airport 
Lenny kept tripping over the cuff of his pants. Amon couldn't realize why he, when he looked down, all he saw was his stockings. And uh, apparently they both put on one another's pants in there <laughs> and, and, and catch the play. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but you, can't. you can picture it happening, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you can't make this shit up. No, you cannot no. make this up. You can't. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was just an absolute uh, laugh riot together. But on the other hand, very serious about the business and what it was that they wanted to accomplish and how they wanted to make sure that whoever visited the factory was um, was was treated like royalty. I can tell you another story about uh, when uh, Ginger Baker came to the factory for the first uh, cream was playing in Boston, and I I don't know what year it was. It was probably mid to late seventies. Well, everybody was excited that, that they were coming and um, that that he was coming. And sure enough, the limousine pulled into the, the parking area. And, and in those days, you know, people would just come in a cab or, or a friend to drive them by an actual limousine. So, well, this is pretty heavy duty. So Ginger steps out. He's got the flaming long red hair. He's got on a a blue and white cowboy suit with more silver hanging off of it than uh, than an orthodontist workshop. And... Uh, so everybody's checking them out. There's I'm with Lenny, Leon, myself, a couple of other guys. And Avidus came down. Avidus was was uh, Armand's father, and he kind of wiggled his way in between all of us. And he's he's looking at looking at Ginger. He gave Armand a whack on the chest, and he said, "Get cash." <laughs> Get cash. <laughs> <laughs> He, had, he left with gongs and crotales and more symbols that you could shake a stick at. And, and I don't know, he whipped out a water hundreds and he didn't even put a dent in it. So uh, so that was, uh, I think, Ginger's first experience with Zildjian up close and personal and certainly Zildjian's up close and personal experience with him. And, it, you know, history being what it is, obviously it went extremely well. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking for the photo. There's a photo of uh, Colin. You mentioned playing the spoons that MD festival when Ginger played, and at the at the banquet at the end of the festival on Sunday night. There's a. I'll try to find it. Rob, you might have it somewhere, yeah. possibly. Yeah. But there's a picture of Lenny and and uh, and Ginger sitting together, and and uh, Lenny is entertaining Ginger yeah, playing Ginger the spoons. And, dying. Oh, he, he was laughing yeah. so much. Yeah. He couldn't believe it. He's going. This is unbelievable. Like you know. It's just, <laughs> Oh, Beyond that, there's man. one other there's one other thing that I that I forgot to to mention just in terms of you know Lenny's legacy, um, you know in addition to the to the symbol testing and and the artist relations type of thing, he was very significant in the development of the of the Zildjian range of symbols. Yep. Yes. You know, I yeah. mean, again, when he started with, with Zildjian, you know, there was you know a couple of models of ride, and there was a you know a thin crash and a and a, and a heavy crash and, and, uh, you know, and he was, and again, he was that, that conduit with the drummers and was the one that was talking with all the drummers and, you know, especially when heavy rock came along and the music developed and jazz rock and everything. And, and Lenny was feeding all that back in and coming, you know, and really, really had a very significant role in, in developing, you know, what, again, what we consider sort of the modern range of symbols. Uh, I mean, there are many examples of this, but most famously was the new beat hi hats. Mm -hmm. You know, the new beats 
you know, don't let anybody tell you anything different. Uh, but it was Lenny that developed the new beat hi hats, and and crucially also named them. You know, that was that was uh, mm-hmm. that was Lenny's name. I remember him saying, "Well, I said, well, Lenny, how you know how did you come up with the name?" And he's saying, "Yeah, it's the new beat. You know, everyone's playing the new beat." And oh, yeah. uh, and if I'm not mistaken, I think 14 inch new beat hi hats is still the company's number one bestseller to cool. this uh, to this day. So, you know, he had a, a very, very significant role on uh, on symbol design and symbol development. Yeah, I just wanted to. Yeah, I remember very, very much so with him bringing home prototypes and just listening to them. And that was the ping ride and then the flat top, um, the swish symbol, uh, actually the Burma bell and developing all of the sounds and then consulting with the drummers to see what they wanted, something you need, a special effect symbol. So then he would curtail the, the style for what what they wanted yeah it was it was very interesting um seeing everything on the dining room table <laughs> Between, you know yeah over, over the, everything else yeah you know over the years you know me you know having had a chance to work with you know a number of great drummers and you know a lot of zildjian mostly zildjian drummers for you know big period of time their their respect for lenny both as a as a human being, you know, his big, big heart and and his ears of being able to they could describe something <laughs> over the <laughs> wow. There's a story. That's a funny story. But um <laughs> they they would describe over the phone and you know a sound they were looking for and Lenny, you know, would pick out the symbols and send it to him. Um, you know, he shipped them the symbols, you know, Neil Pert. Particularly, you know, it was, it was funny. I remember after, you know, getting to know Neil a little bit, you know, he would talk about Lenny and Neil was notorious. He never would make a phone call. It was always in the old days, you know, mail, everything was through the mail. Then eventually it was email. But Lenny would say, yeah, this guy, I just wish he would call me and tell me what he needs. We have, we're writing back and forth all the time. And then I have to ship him symbols. <laughs> But Neil, I mean, Neil, for one, you know, as as everybody did, just loved him to death and um, had so much respect, you know, for him, as, as like I said, as a person and for his 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 ears in picking out symbols and really going back to what Colin said, you know, as music changed, drum sets got bigger, lots of symbols, you know, had a match and and he had that ability to to make them all fit like a like they were cohesive and uh it, it's really going back to you know colin you really said it and it really rang a bell when you said that i hadn't really thought about that but you know a lot a lot of he the was, guys he was the master yeah and you know yeah. we were we were talking earlier i don't i don't want to say much here because i was just a, a fly on the wall for most of this stuff not like you guys that were in the trenches but the the era that that period of time was so special and so different than i think what it's like now out you know out in the in the business world of you know drums and guitars and artist relations and and artist re- relations with companies you know we we all witnessed something that you know you just I was that you know I think about it a lot, and it's I've been you know obviously seen Armin and Lenny and and most of you guys in in a long long time, but there's such memories there um, of the the camaraderie that that was within the the drum industry really you know and um, that was a, a really special. And Lenny and Armin were definitely at the um, 
you know, at the forefront of of a lot of that. Um, I have a picture here that I'd also like to mention. Lenny's sort of partners in crime, in addition to Armand, Jim Coffin and Lloyd McCausland from, from oh, Remo. Fantastic. Um, great, great picture. Those three guys had had an incredible history. Um, so you have Yamaha, Zildjian, obviously with Lenny, um, and Lloyd from Remo. And uh, Jim, Jim was the head of, of Yamaha Drums, I should point out. But the three of them had a relationship that was really u- unique. Um, and, you know, they got business done, but they were, enjoyed life. All three of those guys oh. lived Worked hard and played hard. Um, <laughs> yes, and, and they could outhang anybody. anybody. Yeah, <laughs> outhang yeah. anybody. I remember after the uh, the Zildjian Day in New York, after, <laughs> after the infamous party at Drummers Collective after the Zildjian Day in New York, uh, we ended up. I was with Vinny, and we ended up in in Jim Coffin's hotel room at the Grand Hyatt, and it's it's three o'clock in the morning. And Vinny and I, I know I'm like 24 years old. Vinny was, you know, a couple of years older than me. And we're exhausted. We're ready to go to bed. And, and Jim Coffin and Lenny, they're just getting started. They're on the phone. You know, you could, the bar, the bar in the hotel was closed, but you could order booze, you know, for room service. And it's three o'clock in the morning. And Lenny's like, uh, shall we get a shrimp cocktail? Yeah, yeah. We'll get three shrimp cocktails. And he's ordering drinks. And, and, and Vinny and I are looking at each other going, oh, man, I got to go to bed. I, I'm done, oh. and they're still going strong. I mean, oh. incredible. Just, oh. you know, um, I, I want to get I want to get Wild Bill and John Johnny S in a second, but I just Colin talking about the Zildjian Day, the one that we did in 1990. So this would have been like six years later in New York. Jerry, you were there. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Wild Bill, I believe you. I'm sure you were there, Colin. And we had we had we had had a great uh, Zildjian Day that day. Steve Smith was on the bill that year. I think Dave Weckl. Yeah, Weckl. Ian um, Wallace, I uh, think. Ian Wallace, yeah. Ian Wallace, Tristan Bowden, some really great Kenny Aronoff. Right. We went to that Nirvana Indian that restaurant over Central Park. Right. Had had a great dinner. Lenny and Armin opted to pass on the on the dinner and they said, You guys go. Lenny was yeah, Johnny, you guys go do the hang with the guys. We'll see you later on. And they stayed at the hotel. Jerry, you I think you Jerry stayed at the hotel with him. With him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so, so jump in at any moment. Uh, we come back from a nice dinner. And then we went, out, we went out to the China club after that. And, oh, and, we did. Okay. Yeah. We it's, came back uh, well, really late. We, okay. I, but I remember we came back to the, to the Mayflower, the hotel yeah. we used to stay at. Bill used to call the Mayflounder. Come back to the Mayflower oh. hotel in the bar. And the bar is closed, but there's Lenny behind the bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tend, tending bar. Yeah. With a blonde <laughs> wig on. With a blonde wig on, <laughs> mixing drinks for people, and we're like, "Is it, Lenny? Is this okay? Yeah, don't Johnny. What do you want? What do you want? Yeah. What, do you, what do you want to drink?" <laughs> and finally, security came and said, "You, you, you got to go. You guys got to go." And Lenny took a bottle of something Crown just to, to go. To, yeah, Crown Royal to take back up to the room, and I think they they might have stopped him along the way and said, "You you can't take that." But yeah. I mean, it, it yeah. was one of the and, funniest. And that, and that night, that's when we when we came back, and I remember Weckle telling me he's you know it's I don't know three four o'clock in the morning. He presses the elevator button to go up to his room, and the doors open, and there's Lenny standing in the elevator with a blonde wig on. <laughs> 
<laughs> could have been with Freddie Gruber too. You never know. I mean, Freddie, yeah. Usually it would be those two guys would be the last one standing, but I know talk about like, Oh my God, the, the stories. <laughs> yeah. But uh, wild bill, why don't you yeah, jump no, in it, with one that you, it's funny. I'm glad you touched on how funny he was because he was absolutely hilarious. And I, I just wanted to share the first time I met him. I had gone through this interview process, and I think, Johnny, you went through the, the same experience. So the la very last thing you do before you get hired from Zildjian is you go into the drummer's lounge, and they got a drum set set up there. And you go in, and there's Armin Zildjian and Lenny. And they give you a pair of sticks, and they say, there you go, buddy. Let's Let's see what you got. I hadn't played drums for over six years. So I get on the drum set and diff daff extremely horribly bad. And I get up, I get up from the drum set and Lenny comes over and, you know, and this is it between me and one other guy for the job. And Lenny puts his arm on my shoulder and he says, geez, I'm sorry, kid. I wouldn't have made you play if I knew you had polio. <laughs> It was just so good. And then it, one of the other things, you know, is, is Lenny had this innate ability to fall asleep anywhere and anything oh. he wanted. So oh my getting, God, back, yeah. get, getting back to Neil Pitt, we, we were in Boston at the Boston Garden, went back to Sam, blah, blah, blah. Um, so we go out and we're like maybe seven rows back. And, the you know, the band starts and they're playing and it is louder than you don't even know. So you can't even <laughs> so think. All of a sudden you look over. There's Lenny. He's sound asleep through the whole thing. And, <laughs> you know, for you guys that know Neil, you know how a studio is. And when he's there, I mean, he's looking and he's doing all this stuff. Hey. So it, it was one of these rare shows that he actually had to had to fly and he, he had to get on a plane. And I think they were going to South America. And so about four hours later, I get a text from Neil. Oh, I had texted him and said, hey, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Everything was great. And uh, and he said, oh, you know, thanks a lot. We're over Miami. Some stupid thing. And, uh, and he said, yeah, just wondering, how did Lenny enjoy the show? And as oh, you no. know, Neil is so intelligent and smart. And you never want to. You know, so I'm sitting there going, oh, what do I say? And then finally, <laughs> Neil hits me back and he says, is he awake yet? <laughs> just, to this day, I'm just so happy I didn't try to bullshit him and say, oh, yeah. God, Lenny thought it was the best thing. Yeah. But of course, when Lenny woke up, oh, right. unbelievable, incredible. I mean, those those cats, Jesus, those guys are great. <laughs> yeah, just... Yeah, just oh. he was incredible. And one other thing, when you say he was the last, Therese, you know this, Lenny yep. didn't live far from me, and I used to have a bunch of pool parties here. Oh, and, yeah. But, you know, and, and you know, younger people, and honest to God, 3 o'clock in the morning, and you were there, it'd yep. be like, Lenny, we, we got to go to bed. We got oh, yeah. to go to bed. This is, <laughs> we're done here. Yeah. So he, he had hangability big yeah. time. He was the, yeah. and, the king of hang. <laughs> The king of hang. And and Bill, let me just say, Bill Morgan, for you to say to Lenny, we got to go to bed, that, that's saying something. That's, right you know there. what? That's when you can see to, to the master. I mean, that's when yeah. Yeah. you know what's going on. So, Oh, my God. I think yeah. welcome, Paul, welcome, Paul Francis, first of all, taking a Hi. break from hammering cymbals. Uh, I'm done for and, the day. Uh, I've been here since 6 o'clock, so I'm all done. All right. Well, well, Paul, we're gonna we're gonna 
jump back to you in a second. But Johnny, yes, no, can, please, you, can you share? Yeah, you do too. <laughs> Johnny, yes, you got a PG story you can. Yeah, well, that, well, 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 that's absolutely the that's absolutely the trouble, John. <laughs> you have to find ones that that uh, that pass muster. But uh, so when I came into Zildjian, uh, you know, Lenny was you know on the I would call probably on the downside at that point, and uh, and I would remember the first time I or I went into his office to ask him something, and the chair was turning. It's a big black chair and he had it turned around the lights were down in the office the curtains on the glass you know things were down and i'm like oh uh uh mr demusio uh mr demusio can i ask you something right not that i go around i thought he was dead <laughs> he was out of it completely it's like 2 30 in the afternoon right and and i'm all everyone's hopped up at soldier you were all oh we gotta do this again and he's out like a light so i go to our dear friend annette macamo who, who, uh, who? God bless her. You know, would often have to have to uh, you know take care of things. And she, she, goes, she goes, "Oh, that's just Lenny. Oh. <laughs> Don't worry did, about did it." Did he have the phone on his chest? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was, he was on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Just absolutely. You know, just could sleep anywhere. I would remember oh, doing yeah. presentations at sales meetings and stuff, and, and I'm trying to read the room and, and, and do my shucking and jiving. And Lenny, he and well, Norman would be asleep. They'd be they'd be out of it. And everyone would go, just let him sleep. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, Colin, Colin, and Jerry and Bill, you know what he used to call that. Yeah, just recharging the batteries. I'm just recharging, <laughs> right. and then and he, and and that he was, could sleep standing up. Let's not. Yeah, forget. yeah. So, sure. What a, a great quick story I'm going to tell. We had gone down to Modern Drummer's uh, grand opening of their new office. This would have been like in the early '90s when they moved to this brand new office. They had a big reception, like an industry wide. We all went down. We used to fly in those days to New York. We all flew down. I, I think. Uh, Armin was with us too, but it was Colin, myself, Lenny, Armin. I think, John, it might have been just be before you started, but we had spent like the afternoon at Modern Drama. They had all this food, drinking wine, and then we had a dinner plan that night, I believe, with Kathy Rich at a, and Jerry, I don't know if you would, but at, a, at like an Italian restaurant in New York somewhere, like Midtown. Anyway, we go back to one of the hotel rooms and we we were planning what we were going to like. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And Lenny is asleep against the wall. He had leaned up yep. against the wall in the room and he just had like at the power nap. He had his eyes closed for like 15 minutes and then he, he was back and he's like, okay, fellas, where are we going now? Like, you know, it was, let's go hit Manny's or let's go hit Sam Ash. And like, it, there was nobody like him that they could, and then, you know, hang later than everybody. Oh, it was yeah. that, he needed that 15 know. minutes to recharge the batteries and then boom, uh, he was, he was gone. He was off. Yeah. Absolutely. But he did, you know, as we were talking earlier, that I'd say my, 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 uh, my takeaway from what I learned from Lenny, cause we, we all did learn from Lenny a lot was his sense of, he had no ego. He, he yeah. treated everybody the same. And like you said, whether it was, uh, you know, a, a rock and roll guy that, you know, he didn't, he had never heard one of their songs or knew who they were, but boy, he treated, he knew if you were in the Zildjian company family, and if you were coming here and if Johnny D or somebody or Colin thought that this guy was important, then Lenny knew this guy was important. He just had that natural sense of, of 
who the real cats were and who the real cats weren't. And he, he yeah, there you go. And, you know, I just learned again in, in an industry that is very easy to get, you know, full of your, your ego and rec- records on your walls and, and, and who knows who, you know, Lenny, Lenny just was so gracious about it. He didn't care, had no ego. Just let's have a good time. Let's let's talk drums. Let's just be cool. And, uh, and, and, and Armin was the same way. Armin was, again, very egoless and just, you know, it was it was just amazing coming in from the outside where you're like, oh, my God, we're around, you know, all these these, you know, of our idols. And these two guys were the idols of the idols. Yeah. Yeah. I remember going yeah. to see Dave Weckl, uh, I think Johnny and Colin and and uh, and Lenny. And at the end of the show, there's all these people from Boston there. And who did Dave go beeline to? Right. Lenny. Right. Yeah. And I remember all these kids from Berkeley with their notebooks and everything looking and trying to go like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? <laughs> like, it's it's like, well, if you know who the cats are, you know that that's Lenny. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I remember it, at Lenny's funeral, Bill, you read a beautiful message from Neil Peart. Um Neil couldn't be there. And I, I just, what I, t- I remember one of the phrases that I took away, I think you had come up with it, Bill. I don't know if Neil had said it, but you know, I, you referred to him as the rock star of the rock stars. And, uh, and, and I thought that was perfect. You know, he was, he was, he was the, the, he was the rock stars, rock star. Like, and that's a great description, John. Yeah. It's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was, they just, he just, he was in his element around <laughs> these guys. They loved him. Like you said, that's so key. What you said, the, the, the no ego. And I, I like to think that those of us that came after Lenny, um, you know, learned so much just, I learned so much just from being around him. We, we used to travel a lot in those days mm-hmm. to PASIC or to the modern drummer festival or someplace or, or NAM or just going to local shows. We'd go to great woods a few nights during the week in the summertime <clears throat> And you, you, you just, you just learned just from being around him and Armin too, but I spent more time with Lenny and just the way he, he was so comfortable. He didn't bullshit anybody. He didn't try to be someone he wasn't. Right. And that's why people loved him because he didn't, you know, he didn't try to take over a conversation and, and when someone's talking go, well, yeah, well, you know, I, I do it this way or something. And, um, he just, you know, and that's what everybody loved about him. He was just such a, you know, his humanity, just yeah. a humble guy. He mentored yeah. us. He mentored us all. When you yeah. Think about yeah. It. He yeah. really did. Yeah. Yeah. Kind, kind, generous, do anything for you. Yeah. yeah. His heart. Can he I, just I, had a huge heart, you know, and yeah. that, that to me is what always shined through, you know, yeah. even at, at, you know, at the end of the day at PASIC after, you know, guys whacking on cymbals for eight hours and he'd say, oh, you know, the guy's got to come in it, you know, 445 and I figure 15 minutes I'm out of here and he says Mr. Demusio can you show me every symbol you got quite the words that he used but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah um, uh, young Paul yeah I'd, I'd love to I'd love to get a, a story if you, if you can share one I know you were an up-and-comer kind of uh, at that let, time let, let's well I'll I'll 
was searching for some PG ones, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, but I'll, I, I remember my first NAM show was in 1996. And, you know, we were all still we- wearing suits. And, you know, I, I remember Colin saying, oh, is that the suit that you graduated high school in? <laughs> and I said, no, it's the suit I'm going to be buried in. I thought I'd try it out first. Um, but but the, the show, I remember, the, I remember the show getting out. And I was just this, you know, wide-eyed. I can't believe I'm at the NAM show, and and this thing is huge. And I'm standing on the booth, and and it's it's 6 p.m. and everybody's like leaving, and I'm just like kind of, you know, in awe that I'm there. Lenny walks off the booth, and then he turns around, and he looks at me. And he goes, "Hey, you got dinner plans?" I go, "Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I don't know what I'm doing." He goes, "Come with me. I'll introduce you to all the cats." So we went to some educational dinner, and he in- introduced me to everybody and i i remember the the end of the table that i was sitting at and a couple of the guys said well if you're with lenny then then you know what you're doing you know he he gave you credibility you know which was really really fantastic that's right so um but i remember and i hope i'm i'm not remembering this incorrectly but i have i have a very good memory in my opinion uh the tony williams visit and it was three days of pure fear on my part with this because leon said if i looked sideways at tony williams i was going to get fired so <laughs> i kept my mouth shut for three days believe it or not but at, at the end when it, when everything was wrapping up and debbie and craigie came down and and you know johnny and colin uh came down and, and lenny came down to the drummer's lounge to to you know kind of say goodbye and thanks for coming in and hope everything continues after after he went home and for some reason, Tony like squinted at his eyes and looked at Lenny and goes, oh, you know what? I need to talk to you. And Lenny, big grin, he's like, <laughs> yeah, about what? And he goes, you know, you guys, you guys did this, I don't know, symbol selection video with somebody named, hmm, what's his name? Marvin Smitty Smith. Who the fuck is that? You guys don't want to do our symbol selection video with somebody that's known for their symbol sound. And Lenny just paused and he looked at him and he said, Oh, stop being such a fucking crybaby!" And I couldn't believe it. And I went, oh. and I'm like, Lenny doesn't work here anymore. He's getting fucking fired right now. Tony's gonna go over and oh, what Tony no. did was he, he realized he was being ridiculous and he, a big smile came on Tony's face and he just started laughing. And then he and, and Lenny started talking. So, yeah. but I, I, yeah. I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe he said it to Tony Williams. I was just like, oh my God, I was told to keep my mouth shut and I kept my mouth shut. And you're telling him not to be a fucking crybaby. It's like, wow. So, Colin, those, Colin. Those, are, those are safe ones. Paul, Segway to, oh. I'm sorry, go ahead, Trace. Sorry, no, Paul, I just, on that note, because Tony came in one day Tony Williams and I worked with them in the vault. And then we went into the drummer's lounge and I said, okay, dad, you got to give me the skinny. What does he want? What does he need? He says, just whatever he needs. You just keep him happy. <laughs> and we were in the vault picking out all oh, beautiful K's. And he was like a kid in a candy shop. He, he was just a, a joy to be with. And it was a great experience. I mean, to work with one of the greatest uh, and incredible ears. So so yeah, and and everything was all copacetic with that. There he is. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's terrific. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, 
but I, I just, sorry, I just, before we, we, we move on to something, it's a great segue for Colin. I'll let you tell the story about the Gary Chafee visit, <laughs> which we, which we remembered recently. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Okay. So, so oh God, I can't even remember, you know, what I must've been in the nineties, the early nineties. The early nineties. Yeah. So this, this was the era when kind of getting a hair weave was, you know, was de rigueur. There was a lot of, uh, uh, you know, balding men that were that were getting hair weaves. So, so anyhow, it was it was one day, and and Gary Chafee comes in, you know, to to pick symbols, and um, and he's had you know a, a hair weave done, and and it was extremely obvious, you know, to to, to say the least. And I, and I think I remember, I think you you greeted him first, John, and. And you kind of come into my office and you're like, just don't look at his head. You know, Gary's, Gary's had this hair weave done. Like, I just want to warn you, you know, be careful, you know, avoid eye contact. It's just, and, and so on. I'm like, so I, you know, I go in and, um, you know, it's like Austin Powers. You're like, you're like, don't look, you know, don't look at his head. Don't. And, and Leon's there and you're, and we're in the coffee room and, and everybody's like trying not to look at Gary. No one's saying a thing about it. It's like, oh, Gary, you know, so uh, what symbols are you looking for today? You know, what are you going to do? Avoiding, you know, the, the subject like the plate. And so, and eventually Lenny walks in, you know, comes into the, 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 the break room and, you know, he sees us and without missing a beat, he, oh, first no. thing out of his mouth, hey, Gary, I see you've got a new barber. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, not, you know, not how you're doing, yeah. what's going on. It's just the yeah. first thing he goes, hey, oh, Gary, man. I see you've yeah. got a new barber. And, and Chafee, cracked yeah, up, you know. we died. And to, and to Chafee's credit, Gary Chafee says, I was waiting for one of you fucking guys to say something like, yeah, he just, he just started, he, Chafee started laughing. He's going, I was wondering, you know, when, when one of you guys, it took Lenny to come in and, you know, break the ice and go, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. 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 So I've got one other story about Lenny's expenses. <laughs> oh. The NAM show. Oh. So, so, you know, there was, I know Lenny re- reported to me for, I don't know how many years it was there. <laughs> So I used to have to sign on, sign off on his expense form. Now, you know, trying to get Lenny to kind of write a memo or write anything, I mean, you know. Keep a it, receipt. It, 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 it wasn't yeah. going to happen. But filling out his expense forms, and this is back in the day, you know, it was no, nothing electronic. You had an expense form and you had to hand write everything. And, yeah. and these things, they were like little works of art. Because, you know, Lenny had very neat handwriting and, uh, you know, and he'd write out these elaborate descriptions of who he had dinner with and the date and everything. I mean, they were they were absolutely, you know, they were immaculate. They were I mean, they not only were they great works of art, they were great works of fiction as well. But that, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, that's uh, another story. But he, Joe um, Jones, big so what, Well, no, this is, this is a true story. It gets better. So, so Lenny, Lenny, had, you know, when he came out to the Nam show, there was a, you know, a whole gang of the of the West Coast cats, cats that would just be, you know, waiting to see him. And he had a group of them. It was, 
you know, Steve Schaefer, you know, famous studio musician and, and Johnny Guerin, uh, you yeah. know, and there was Larry Bunker. I think, you know, there was a few of these, those, those older guys, oh, that's um, great. you know, the, from the studio days and they all, you know, they all knew uh, Lenny and, and they'd all go out and hang with them. So, you know, so basically year after year, Lenny, he would just copy the same names from his previous <laughs> Nam shows. He'd keep <laughs> copies of all his old Nam show receipts. You know, I mean, oh. he couldn't remember who he took out to dinner each night. I mean, he would go out <laughs> to dinner every night with a whole bunch of people. Right. And so he would just write out, you know, very neatly and very authentically, he'd write out all the names and list the names of all the drummers that were at the dinner. And I, and, I, and one year, so he's given it to me and I'm going through it, you know, and I have to approve all these things. And I go, I, and so I see one, and I, I remember going to his office. And I said, "Lenny, you're going to have to redo this one." Uh, Nick Ciroli died last year. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Colin! There's a picture of him showing me these reports, and I was saying, "Lenny, these things are so full of bullshit from the beginning <laughs> to the end." <laughs> Like, what do you mean, Bill? What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> oh, oh my God! Uh, yeah, I, I I remember like dr- flying home from a Nam show with him or or Pasek or something, and he'd he'd say something like, uh, "Yeah, uh, gonna do a little creative writing tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, and and who was Ed Sorrentino? Because Lenny used oh. to have dinner with him every oh. Friday night. Local drummer. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Great teacher. Great, same, great local same, teacher. Same yeah. day, you know, for every Friday, same restaurant. It's like, who, who is this Ed Sorrentino guy? <laughs> Colin, oh. I, I got I to gotta tell you this one. When he came over to Savi and we had the, uh, you know, the office down the street, and Lenny would come in around 11, as usual, right. um, and get in time for lunch. And so we, we had this great place across the street, Jamie's. It was like a bar, restaurant kind of thing. So Lenny got his first um, credit card from the company. So he's like, come on, fellas, you know, I'm buying. We're going over there. So we all go <laughs> over. We're all ordering up, having a good time. So I knew the bartender, this guy, Scooter. And I said, Scooter, when he gives you the card, come back and tell him he's got a $25 credit limit on this one. Oh. So the bill comes, and it's like $190 or whatever. So here's Lenny. Dusting off a brand new Sabian card, going to put it down, and this guy comes back as serious as, as the heart attack, and he says, uh, "Geez, I'm sorry, Lenny, this is a twenty-five dollar credit." <laughs> what? Jesus! I do kind of bullshit is this? We had him going for like ten minutes. It was absolutely. He lost his mind. It was oh. riot. Because Oh I, yeah, I mean, you know how many credit cards he probably wore out at Zildjian. I think he had oh, replacements a year. Yep. He was yeah. good at it. So yeah, it, oh, it he awesome. he loved a good joke though. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, a napkin filled with jokes. He'd write them down on napkins oh. from <laughs> from restaurants and bars. <clears throat> He'd have a collection after a convention of in a, like five elastics in his pocket. <laughs> From all the drummers, he says one day I'm going to write a book of all jokes. <laughs> yeah, he he always said, "Can I can I tell another quick story?" Yeah. Sure. Um, do you guys remember the Pasic in '97 at Disneyland, Paul? I I think John, you were definitely one. there. That was my first. One. Yeah. Okay, you were there. That's and we had my the big party show. for Lenny. He sure. that was the year he won the uh, industry award, the PAS yeah. industry yeah. award, the president's award. 
Yeah. yeah, we had the roast. We had and Jerry Sweet. I think it was your sweet, Jerry. No, right? we booked the, the sweet especially for it. Sweet. Jerry, trust me, Jerry didn't get to stay in suites like that. Nor <laughs> we we booked that penthouse suite to just for okay. the party. Well, if so, my my role in this was after the banquet, we we went somewhere, and you guys, Colin, you said to me, you've got to get figure out a good ruse to get Lenny up to the room, yeah, because Lenny and Leon, and maybe you, Paul, were going to go out somewhere, like to yep. go out and yep. Get some entertainment. And Leon I said to Lenny, almost oh. ruined it. Exactly. Exactly, oh. Leon. All right. So I said to Lenny, uh, Lenny, I just got a hold of this great tape that you're gonna love to see. Blocky Rares Therese. It's a it's a great it's a great video. <laughs> he said <laughs> He said, Johnny, Johnny, how how are you gonna watch a video? I said, I've got a VCR in my room. He said, How'd you get a VCR in your room? I said, I I, I ordered it special in my room. And he said, and, I, and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lose this. Like, and he's going, all right, yeah, we'll go up and watch the tape for a little bit, and then we'll go out. We'll, and I said, yeah, I'll, I'll go with you. I'll go, but let's go up and watch this. this you're going to love this video. So I take him up to the designated suite, and I swear, this, is, this, is, this was one of the funniest things about it was we walk in the, if you remember, that it was like a hallway yeah. in the suite. You like walk in, it was kind of like, a, and he, he walks like a foot into the, into the room, and he looks around and he says, how did you get a room like this? He said, what, how, Johnny, how'd you pull that off? And then all of a sudden everybody yells, surprise. And that's, that's the look on his face right there. When, yeah. when, uh, oh, a great when he realized the party was for him, he's, I think he saw somebody and he, and they, and they, you know, he said, Oh, Hey, hi, like he had no idea this party was for him until everybody said, Lenny, this is, it's your night, you know? And, uh, that was just a, a hilarious. And then of course, the rest of the night is a story unto itself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a video of that. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And he's I, the look on his face. There is kind of like, you know, what are you guys doing here? Like, you know, and, and my wife wanted me to remind me of the story about how uh, my wife's name is Kelly. Those of you who don't know her. And he used to call Kelly and her sister, Tracy, Kathy. And, and both of them, Kathy, and it was a classic. And I said, you know, he used to call the Colado sisters, one of whom is Kathy, Kathy, both Carol and Kathy. And she said, well, maybe it was he, he every, every woman that worked in drumsticks was Kathy. <laughs> so, uh, so many endearing qualities about Lenny. I mean, just hilarious uh, stuff. Do, uh, do you, oh, I love um, that picture, Rob. Do you want me to to tell the the, the story with Vinny at, at Greatwoods? Yes, uh, yes, Colin, um, you have to tell that story. Yeah, to, to me, this is one of my fondest memories of of, of Lenny. Um, uh, again, to explain uh, the 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 big uh, summer out. I don't even know what it's called now, but when it when back in the day, it was called Greatwoods. It was, it was uh, the outdoor yeah. shed, you know, where all the bands would be playing in the summertime. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, during the height of the summer, I mean, we'd be, as you said, John, we'd be going there, you know, three, four times a week, you know, I mean, oh, there, yeah. was, there was bands playing every <laughs> night and invariably it was a Zildjian, you know, Zildjian guy and it would, and it would be you, me and Lenny, you know, and maybe someone else would come along, but it was always at least you, me and Lenny. Yeah. So, so now we've been doing this for, for several years, um, you know, without getting into the, the, uh, the, the highway geography, but Basically, there was a, a Sheraton Hotel in Braintree. Um, and so what we always did, we would all meet and park our cars at the, at the Sheraton 
hotel in in Braintree, and then we would carpool in uh, in in one car to drive together to Greatwoods, which was in the town of Mansfield. You so. So the the Sheraton was in Braintree, which was at the meeting of Route 3 and 93, and then you could get on to 95 going down. So we've been doing this for several years. I mean, it was a standard thing. And, yeah. um, and uh, you know, it was conveniently placed so all three of us could, you know, drive home uh, easily after the gig. Um, and um, so this was, it was, I think, one of the first, the first tour that Vinnie did with, with Sting, or certainly early on. So obviously, you know, it's a big deal. We're excited to go and see Vinny. You know, he's playing with Sting. And, I think uh, it was 91. It was yeah, the, you know, the, the usual thing. We're like, Lenny, okay, so, you know, regular deal. You know, Vinny's doing a runner after the show, so he wants us to come early because we're going to hang with him before the show because they're leaving straight away after. So, you know, we'll, 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 we'll meet you at the, you know, meet at the Sheraton at whatever time it was. So it's like, yeah, yeah, sure, okay. So anyway, so John and I, we, we both drive up to the Sheraton and then we're, we're sitting there and it's like, okay, well, you know, Lenny's always a little bit late and we're sitting there and we're sitting there and, you know, an hour goes by and there's, there's, there's no Lenny. He, he doesn't show up. And we're trying to think, you know, this is the days before cell phones, you know, where right. we're like, you know, we're going to be late. We, we're just going to have to bail. You're like, I, I hope Lenny's okay, but, you know, Vinny's going to be wondering what happens to us. Has, has happened to us. So, they, so we get in the car and we drive and we get to, we get to Great Woods, and um, you know we we think well maybe Lenny you know just thought he was meeting us at the gig, so we waited outside for a little while, and in the end we we're like you know geez, we've got to go in and see Vinny. So so we you know we get pick up the passes and everything, and we go back and and we see Vinny, and we're like yeah Vinny you know we're sorry we're we're so late, but you know we don't know what happened to Lenny. We were sitting waiting for him for over an hour, and he never showed up. And Vinny's like looks at us and he's like, what, "What do you mean? I mean, Lenny's been here for over an hour." And we're like, "We're like, what?" So and, wasn't and then, he? And this this is the part I'll never ever forget. So, yeah. so Vinny walks us into the back, yeah. and and Lenny is in Sting's private dressing room. <laughs> you know, where there's like security guards outside, but you know, Vinny escorts us in. And Lenny's sitting on this, you know, beautiful, you know, beautiful luxury leather couch. And of course he's he got is. This, you know, big glass goblet full of a very expensive red wine, and he's <laughs> the red wine, and he's chatting with Sting, and he and Sting are on the counter, they're in deep in conversation, you know, and, and they're both sipping the red wine, and they're you know having this deep. And then Lenny turns around and sees us, and he goes, "Where the fuck were you guys?" And we're like. Lenny, where where were you? We were we were waiting at the Sheridan for over an hour. He goes, oh, Well, you can't have been. I was waiting at the Sheridan for over an hour. And he and I said, well, you know, well, where? Where were you waiting? He goes, you know, the Sheridan Mansfield. I was uh, waiting outside the <laughs> Oh, God. Like, what? The Sheridan and Mansfield? Why on earth would you, you know, that's around we the corner never. from the venue. Why would we yeah. be waiting there? Yeah, we never, ever met there, never, ever. Never, ever, ever met there. But for some reason, he thought that that's where we're meeting. Oh, but I, I will never forget, he's sitting on the couch with the wine, and he's chatting deep in conversation yeah. with Sting, and then he sees us, and he's like, where the fuck were you guys? I think he might have even introduced us to Sting. <laughs> ah, yeah. These are my friends, Colin and John from, from Zildjian. <laughs> What's your name again? Yeah. <laughs> that is that is like, oh. oh, my God. That it was one of the funniest. So funny. <laughs>
And we just laughed about that for years. I have, I have one more quick, and this is kind of a Neil story when Neil was, was still with Zildjian. And I remember the year was 2002 because I, Jim McGathy and I, who I'm going to read a, a, a message from Jim who couldn't join us, but Jim and I had gone down to Mohegan Sun in like early summer of 2002. Colin, you might remember we had put him on, on the A Zildjian box set and you had given me some mock-ups to show him. So it was sort of, you know, Jim was excited to come along because he was a big Neil fan. And it was one of the first times I really got to sit and talk to him. And he was, he was such a, a wonderful person, Neil. So anyway, so it was just Jim and I on that. And then they came back and played The Garden in the fall of 2002. And I don't know if you came with us, Trace. Paul, I think you might have been with us. But Jim and I definitely went. I, and I, I was there. I remember. I remember going to both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you did. Okay. And, and do you remember we, were, we had seats that were like front row or some crazy, amazing, great seats. Like incredibles. We're sitting always, we in the garden. Front row with Neil. Yeah, this this was incredible. So this was like maybe four or five months later when they played Boston. And so we, I think we saw Neil before the show and we had presented like a shadow box in recognition, you know, for your, uh, your, your uh, contributions to music kind of thing. We presented it to Neil and took a picture. And then I think we all took a group photo together, which I, I can't locate it. And I remember Neil saying, how about he said? Would you mind if uh, we just get a picture of me and Lenny? Oh, that was and at I thought the garden. That was, that was at the garden. At the garden. I remember. Yeah. Do you remember that? So, and I just yeah. thought that was so beautiful. He said, uh, and I remember he said, you know, the old guard. How about yeah. a picture of the yep. old guard? And I think he was looking at me, who's not young, but <laughs> but me and and Jim and Paul, and thinking like, yeah, you guys are the you're the up and comers, but Stay this is there. the guy right here. Yeah, this is this is the guy. And so I want a picture with just him. And it was, it was a nice moment. And we took that picture of Lenny and, and Neil together. So there was a, a and we had to find a cup of coffee for him so he could bring it to the second row and saying, <laughs> excuse me, excuse me. Cause we were late getting to our seats and he didn't want to, he was trying not to spill the styrofoam cup of coffee. He had to have a cup I of coffee. I didn't remember that. I I <laughs> so a few years ago, Johnny, on the, the Neil Pert story, um, we had a photo shoot for Zildjian. So it was my dad and I, we went out to the Worcester Centrum very early to get Neil and then put some like paper clips, you know, to tighten up his shirt. So he looked, you know, it was it was kind of fluffy of a shirt. So we were there for a few hours just doing the photo shoot. And um, Neil said, I, I want you to stay to have dinner with us. And he says, I want to have dinner with you, too. And my dad's like, sure, that's great. You know, we're not going to leave anywhere. So there were all these Italian um, tablecloths, and then there was salami and mortadella hanging in the backstage area. <laughs> so it looked like a little Italian restaurant from the North End or from Federal Hill in Rhode Island. It was beautiful. And they got Connie Francis and you know singing Amina Corre in the background. So, so Larry Allen at the time was the the drum tech. So he yeah. brought us out to the drum set, and I got to you know play on Neil's kit and and just hear them you know live right there. Um, so we're waiting for, for Neil to just do some logistics. So we leave the drum set and we go backstage again and we're, we're hanging out. So we're sitting at the table and Neil comes in and, uh, you know, he's, he's got his new clothes on and stuff. And we had finished up the photo shoot and, and all the logistics and cleaned up the equipment. And then who comes in by Getty Lee and Alex Lifeson. And it was just the four of us at the table. And I, I was in awe. 
to be sitting down with these legends. And um, it was just an incredible dinner. And they sat there the whole time and they they spoke about their life and their family and their kids. And, and it was quite an experience to be there um, with them. And yeah. then Larry had come in and he said, right before their show, they usually take a French lesson. So, and then Neil practices a bit. So then it ended up that they left. Then later that evening, they had a private party in Worcester with the band. And then my dad and I went over to party with Rush. <laughs> that was another whole story. Oh my God. So yeah. They closed the club and Alex Lifeson was, was the, the life of the party. Um, so we had an incredible evening, but it was a, a full fledged day, but he kept up with everybody, which he, he was the energizer buddy bunny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was, no doubt. <laughs> and he, he had that way about him that, you know, the guys in the band felt comfortable. I'm sure right. they didn't they do that stay. with everybody. Right. 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 Yeah. Very, um, unique treatment. Um, yeah. and that too with, with, with Armand and Maynard Ferguson, a funny story with them. Uh, Maynard coincidentally, his birthday is also May 4th. <laughs> right. That's oh, right. Wow. Yeah. That's right. So every time Maynard would come in, Armand would call me and he'd say, Hey, yeah, yeah, we're going to see Maynard. He says, pick me up. He says, pick me up at six o'clock. We'll go for dinner and then we'll go see Maynard and then pile in the car. And then we'd go into Boston and uh, and Maynard loved Armand and just the three of them were like the three amigos. So we'd be sitting there like 20 minutes into the show and then Armand would be there and he'd just be like, you know, with his drink and what have you and waiting to get called. And then Maynard would like would look over to Armand and say, and Armand would go up on stage and grab a trumpet and <laughs> <laughs> he would go and play Hey Jude with the band. And he was the highlight of every every show. And Maynard loved it. Armin loved it. And it was just uh, an incredible experience because <laughs> there's Armin walking down the at these theaters playing Hey Jude, all these clams. <laughs> <laughs> he was, was a horrible player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was an experience of, of just the joy to see him in his element. Yeah, both of them. Yeah. <laughs> So. I remember my first my first Nam show in 1989, and the uh, the the um, you know the the whole routine of of marching and the and the Nam band, yeah, you know that yeah. that whole yeah. uh, ritual of of your first Nam show with the Zildjian Company, yeah, and see yeah, and seeing Armin and Lenny, you know, I'm, I'm Lenny's like, yeah, Johnny, it'll be fun. Don't worry about it. It'll be fun. Yeah, and uh, I'm you like nervous. Free bloody Mary. Yeah. And, and they're like, they're like the stars of the show. You know what I mean? Like everybody, Oh, you know, there's Larry Lincoln back in the old days, you know, link. Yep. And, uh, yeah. And, and it was just like, they were, they were, the two of them were rock stars. And I, and, and that following <laughs> year at PASIC was my first PASIC was Zildjian. And do you remember that we were sitting there in the, in the, um, I was telling Omar Hakim this story because Omar was at that PASIC that year and uh we're sitting in the banquet and Lenny and Armin were throwing rolls at Sandy Feldstein yeah, like Sandy they were just Feldstein tossing was, yeah yeah he was like the outgoing president <laughs> or something bread rolls, yeah. <laughs> and they're like chucking these rolls at him oh my god oh good uh, Colin I don't know if, if, if you remember the uh I think it was one of the last name shows in Chicago and it was the uh the show had ended we always stayed at the Hyatt and as you know the Hyatt has beautiful uh, foyer and uh, all sorts of plants and what have you. And we, we went out to dinner with 
Lenny and Armand, Colton and myself, <clears throat> and we get back to the hotel. Well, let's have a couple of pots in the lounge. <laughs> but to the lounge, and they have these beautiful palm trees. They weren't that big, um, but they were in shallow pots. So we were kind of <laughs> we were sitting there having a couple of drinks, and they have a piano. And uh, hey, uh, Armand, why don't you piano? So I get up, and of course, he sits down, he's playing Satin Doll, and he's going on and on. Well, then he got the idea to stand beside one of the palm trees in the pot. <laughs> and, he's, <laughs> and he's swinging with the music, going back and forth, and this tree is starting to list a little bit, and you hear it's starting to crack. And as it's cracking, Lenny's tugging at his belt buckle. And I said, this can't be good. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the belt buckles on the tree is gone. So this is going to come down. God bless Colin. He said, "You know, it's probably a good time we leave." So that I'm going to stop playing, you know, Lenny to climb out of the uh, out of the uh, tree pot, and and off we went. Another five minutes, and that would have been firewood. What <laughs> 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 a it was beautiful. Oh my God. I just wanted to show this quick photo. This was a, a drum clinic that Simon Phillips did at Wurlitzer Music. Jerry, when I worked there in the early 80s, oh, yeah. uh, it's October 1982. I was working for Wurlitzer, but I was wearing my Zildjian shirt because it was a Zildjian clinic. And I'd met Lenny a couple of times before that. And, and Rab and David Duraney, you can see, was the, was the Zildjian rep at the time. And the guy over my right shoulder was the manager of the store, Larry Green. But Simon, to this day, tells this story that Lenny opened, you know, opened for Simon doing, he had like a bunch of hi-hats set up and a bunch of cymbals on stands and did his cymbal thing, like mm -hmm. to just talk about different hi-hats and different cymbals. And he played with his right hand, played the absolute shit out of these hi-hats. He was doing all his tricks, you know, all this yeah. sort of buddy stuff underneath. Yeah. And he's playing the ride, playing all that, you know, serious spangalang, like bebop stuff. And Simon has told this story many times. He was nervous as could be after Lenny played. He did not want to follow Lenny. He saw, he was like, and he just knew Lenny as this really nice Zildjian man who picked him up at the airport that day. And he, I think he just met him for the first time that day. And he said, and I'm, he's, and then he further tells the story. He went out to the Japanese restaurant across the street, this place called Genji house on Newbury street. And, uh, and had a, you know, a great time as you can imagine. And then Lenny took Simon, Lenny and Rab took Simon to, a bunch of jazz clubs mm -hmm. and they hung till like the middle of the night, you know, and, and I guess he came to pick Simon up the next morning in the same, in the same clothes to take him to the airport. And he said, yeah, after I dropped you off last night, I went to another club and I sat in with the band and I, you know, and Simon's like, who is this guy? <laughs> oh, anyway, anyway. Uh, yeah. Can't make this stuff up. No, I, I remember the, uh, you'll remember this, Therese. So the, the first time I met, met Lenny when, when I came over, because again, I, I, I was, um, you know, Lenny was, I mean, I grew up in, obviously grew up in England, you know, grew up in London, but, right. but Lenny was, was, you know, internationally well known. I mean, I used to read modern drama, you know, religiously and, and, uh, you know, all the drummers would talk about Lenny Danuzio and, you know, Lenny picked my symbols. I mean, he was, you know, he was he was legendary, and I remember when 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 I first started working for Zildjian, we I used to do these product trainings, and we'd have this slide presentation, 
And, uh, you know, oh, anybody yeah. probably under the age of 40 doesn't doesn't know what a slide presentation is. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. we, we, we had a, a carousel with all these different slides in there. And one, and one of the slides was of Lenny. And I, and I always remember this. And, and Lenny has this very serious expression on his face. And he's wearing gray suit pants and like a gray suit vest. Oh. And and like a purple shirt that's you know open with his chest showing. He's got like a gold chain and tinted sun, you know, tinted glasses on. He looks like a mafia boss, you know. I mean, he, you know, and but very serious. So, uh, you know, I, I the first time I met him, I was in, incredibly in, in you know intimidated by this this guy, you know, legendary Lenny Demuzio. What he was going to be like. And I remember coming over to, to Zildjian, as I say, the first time it was in January of 1984. And, you know, back then, I mean, the Zildjian offices, I mean, it was, you know, it was kind of like there was, it was like mad men. I mean, you know, there was a fairy yeah. pool and, right. and every, everybody had, you know, booze in their office. And, right. you know, every Friday, Lenny would take all the secretaries out, you know, for lunch <laughs> or, or whatever. I mean, it was a very, very, very different atmosphere. But I came over for, you know, training sessions. So I had to spend time with everybody separately. And then, you know, I had assigned my day, you know, to be trained by Lenny Demuzio, you know, and, and I was totally like scared about meeting Lenny for the first time because I thought of him as being this really serious guy and then I remember oh. it was it was uh, you know my training session was at 11 30 and I was going to sit down with Lenny and we were going to talk about the artist relations program and of course you know I go in I'm introduced to, to the Lenny Demuzio and it's 11 30 and, he, and he's like ah you want to go and get lunch you know <laughs> well, I'm like, it's eleven thirty, but sure, yeah, we'll go. You know, we'll go. We'll go and get lunch in it. And we we went to yeah, the old restaurant, Macarthur Park. You remember that? Oh, oh you yes. remember? Jerry loved that place. But what I remember most back wow. then, Lenny had a white Cadillac with with leopard skin print seats. <laughs> All right, that's why he was driving. I remember getting into this car, and it's a white Cadillac, and there's leopard skin, you know, covers on all the seats. And and I remember he he um, he he offered me some chewing gum, and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. He had a gold chewing gum case with his initials engraved on it. <laughs> and it was and and you know and he took and and that was my training session with Lenny. You know we we went to this restaurant and he ordered. You know, chicken wings and potato skins, and you know, rack, rack of lamb for one, rack of lamb for two yeah. for one, yeah, rack of lamb for two for one, and uh, <laughs> and we just chatted and just talked, and he, you know, and he's ah yeah, so uh, you're from England, you know, and and from that moment on, you just realized what a pussycat he was, and just yeah. you know, the, the the sweetest man in the world. And you know, I have to say, he he's been one of the most significant, uh, you know, influences in. In, in my entire life, I mean, uh, just you know what what he uh, what he meant to me, what he meant to all of us. You know, I just, there's not a day that goes by that I you know don't chuckle to myself thinking about something funny that that Lenny or Armin did because there was right. there was so much stuff. You know, I I, I um, they left such a you know such a deep impression, so oh. many laughs, and everything you do and see it reminds you of. Some funny stories of, of you know that the, the, that Lenny and or Armand did together. You know, it was it was a very very special. It was a, yeah. it was a privilege, uh, absolute yeah. privilege to be able to uh, 
you know, experience uh, any of that. No, no, no question. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a, a real privilege. I just want to say I, I have to bounce, John. So I'm humbled to have yep. been asked to be a part of this group. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you, Rob. You guys, are, you know, we're all. Uh, it was great to be to do this today. And I know Lenny's 90th birthday is coming up next week. So it was a great time, John, for you to do this. Um, I adore all the memories uh, with him and, and with you guys and, and, and everything we experienced, exactly what Colin was saying between Armin and Lenny. And the whole picture was just, um, you know, something that I, I don't take for granted. And I, I think about how lucky I was to be a fly on the wall for so much of it. <clears throat> and I'm still a proud Dr. Poo Poo card member of the Lenny DeMusio Club. Very cool. So I just wanted yes. to make that clear. I'm still carrying the torch. Um, and thanks, John. Everybody take care. It was great. Thank you, Rob. Everyone. Really appreciate it. Yeah, Rob. All right. Yeah, Rob. Thanks, Rob. All right. Thank you, Rob. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna split too. I actually gotta go play drums. All right, you All have right. a gig tonight, John. Yeah, yeah. All right, All right. have a have great a good gig. gig. Yeah, we will. Yeah. So great seeing everybody and remembering our oh, good friend, the heavy yeah. berries. The heavy everybody berries. berries. The heavy berries. Back, yeah. Baby. The yeah. Jump back. All right. Um, Jump back, John. Have a great gig tonight. I'm going to quickly read this message from Jim McGathy, and we can all have some closing uh, words. But I just, Jim couldn't join us today. And, and people that don't know who Jim is, uh, worked for me for many years as artist relations manager. And while Lenny was working at Zildjian Still and got to know Lenny, and, and Jim put together this beautiful little tribute, he said, The inevitable Lenny D., I am so grateful to have known Lenny and to have had the privilege and honor of working with him, even for just a short while. Lots of great fun times shared and fond memories, but I mostly remember Lenny for his warm, gracious, friendly, and open manner. He made an indelible impression upon everyone. Lenny always made you feel welcome and part of the gang. Amen. This is what we've all been saying. Lenny, as everyone knows, also was a great storyteller and always funny. I loved all his classic wisdom phrases such as, let the hair go with the hide and sleep fast. But especially when he said, the drum gods are smiling down on us. Right. And I'll just, I'll just add one more that I always love from Lenny, which is the classic, we're not here for a long time, we're here for a good time. Yeah. That's a classic Lenny. But Lenny made, an, Lenny made an art out of his life's work, and I feel I always benefited from being in his company, a sage artist and Renaissance human. I will never forget him. Lenny's spirit lives on in all of us who knew and loved him. The drum gods are smiling on us, on all of us today for sure. With love and respect, Jim. Beautiful. Amen. Yeah. Amen. But yeah, I mean, and, and, uh, you know, before we wrap up, maybe if we want to just go around and maybe some, some final words from everybody or. I'll just say that Lenny is, he's that one guy that you meet once in a lifetime. Truly, one in a row. You will yep. never ever yep. meet anyone like him ever again. Yeah, um, yep. he was the, he was that man, and just a loving, incredible, unbelievable person. That's all I can say. Yeah, beautiful, Bill. Thank you. Yeah. Um, young Paul. Um, I just you know he 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 was just a good teacher and a mentor. Um, you know he was kind of an adoptive father after my dad passed. And, you know, he, after my dad passed, he just made sure that I was okay um, regularly, you know, yeah. and it was just, yeah. it was really, really 
really great to be able to to work with him. And and just I want to tell this this funny story that just popped into my head. I remember when Carrie and I were dating and I brought her to a Christmas party, the famous Zildjian Christmas parties. And uh, she, she had this really tight black dress on and, and he, <laughs> he beelined it over to find out who, who came to the Christmas party with me. And he was shaking her hand. And you know how Lenny could shake somebody's hand. And then, you know, the left hand was like rubbing the arm and it kept moving up higher and higher. And she's like looking at me because Carrie was like, I don't know, 20. And I said, when he unhooks your bra with his left hand, I'll step back. <laughs> and that's just, that's just, you know, he was, he was, he was disarming. Um, but it was just very, very funny, you know, cause, cause she didn't want to be rude because obviously he was a colleague and he was older than, than, than we were. But, uh, and he couldn't remember her name. He was famous for never getting the names right. Okay. Her name he was called her Kathy. Kathy. Yeah. Called <laughs> Corinne, uh, Karen, yeah. everything but her name. So I just, yeah. uh, th- those are the things that I remember. And, you know, getting to travel with him and him being able to fall asleep instantaneously once his ass hit the seat in a plane. I didn't know how we could do it. You know, people had to climb over him, but he, he was just good people, you know, and he was a good Absolutely. Teacher. Yeah. Mr. Jerry. Yeah. Well, it'd be too, uh, to improve upon what's been said about Lenny today. He was so much, he meant so much to so many people in different ways from business to personal. You couldn't ask for a better friend, a loyal friend. Uh, Amon was certainly, certainly blessed to have him on his hip for as long as he did, as was the the company. And then on to a different company. That was Lenny, you know, probably in an industry that's loaded with egos, as we talked about earlier, I think Lenny was probably the most approachable person uh, that I'd ever met. And um, well, pleased yeah. we've met him and worked with him. Wonderful man. Yeah. Yep. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful baby. Beautiful. Beautiful yeah. baby. Yeah. <laughs> Colin, any, any final words? I mean, you know, again, I, I, I in addition to, 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 you know, being so, uh, just incredibly funny and 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 fun loving you know and, and as we said he had this ability to kind of not take anything too seriously um you know uh unless it was to do with buddy rich in which case then it, <laughs> yeah. that was always more serious but uh but no uh you know he was just an incredibly kind uh, man right. and and incredibly generous and and very you know gentle um, you know, when I uh, say I'm, I when I first moved over from England, um, and uh, I mean I was in Los Angeles for the first year, but then when I moved to Boston, I'm, I didn't know anybody, and uh, you know Lenny was just so, he was always looking out for me, you know, and uh, he would invite me out to dinner and be checking on me, and uh, you know, again he would literally I know it's a cliche, but he would literally give you the, the shirt off off his back. Um, he was just incredibly generous, incredibly kind, did absolutely do anything for you and, and, and very genuinely so. And, and Paul, you'll remember this, that, you know, shortly before he passed away, you know, mm. I had come up to, to Boston, I'd come up to Norwell and, uh, and, you know, I had the opportunity to see him and, you know, we were hanging out in the, in the burn room, you remember, mm-hmm. Therese in, you know, in the house. 
and and you know and i knew he how sick he was and i you know and i knew that he didn't have long and uh, i and i just told him i told him everything about how i felt about him you know and, and all the funny times we had and and what he uh, you know what he'd meant to me uh, and um you know and it's, it's the the sort of like the 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 most laughs and you know fun i ever had with my clothes on as they say i mean it just um just the 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 funniest guy and and it was really wonderful to have that opportunity to kind of sit with him and talk with him and and let him know what he'd meant to me and i was kind of at peace with with everything you know after after that and i still have you know the voicemail messages that he that he left me you know, he'd call up and 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 leave all these funny you know messages on the phone, and and I still have them on my iPhone. I can't I can't get rid of them. I mean, it's uh, you know he he, he as, as we've all said, we we're all very very blessed um, mm-hmm. to have, you know had the opportunity to to be uh, somewhere within uh, you know his orbit, as it were. He was a, he was a very very unique, very special man, and um, and and. Just one of the kindest, most generous people I've I've, I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Very true. Amen. Yeah. Um, I just our our old friend Danielle Crowley just mm-hmm. happened to um, tune in. She's watching this live, and I want to give a shout out to her. And John Sorensen sent this photo earlier. Um, I, I remember some fun times when we'd all go out after work sometimes to like Bella's or. That the TGI, TGI Fridays that was down the street there in Norwell, and you know Lenny, I, you know we've said this all a thousand times today, but he just always wanted to have fun, and you know he he just he he was so comfortable in his own skin that you know he 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 would go and hang with a bunch of people that were like you know his Therese, his kids' ages, you know what I mean, and and never feel like I'm too old to go hang with you people. Do you know what I mean? Like I I think. Yeah. At this point in my life, I'd probably, if if my son said, we're all going to go out and hang out, I'd say, ah, you guys go do that. I'm going to go do an old man thing and fall asleep behind the, you know, on the couch at nine o'clock. But Lenny was just always, always ready just, to go. <laughs> always ready to go. And and I say that in a, in a, in a way that I, I would never want it to sound like that's all he did because, you know, he, he really did, you know, work hard and play hard. And he you know, he just, he liked to have fun. He loved to be around people. He was in his element around people. Everybody's already said all this stuff already. He was just such a well, a kind yeah. person. No, go ahead, Therese. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was why when he asked me to help him with the book, he said, I just want to treasure everybody. And this is my, my thing. I want to give back to the community. And I want to recognize all of these people because there's nothing like it. And I want to do a story about all my friends. And they weren't just his friends. They were family, an extension of who he was. And all of the great memories going back to Gene Cruper, Buddy Rich, and way back to um, the early days of music and just documenting the history and maybe a little story uh, and bringing it up to the present day until he was very sick. And he still said, Tootie, he said, Tootie, we got to get this book done. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say, Dad, we'll, we'll finish, we'll finish. But it was his goal. And he 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 was a fighter. 
And he just, you know, would go down in New York and work on the book and come back. And he says, yeah, I got, I have about like, two, 200 more photos. I said, dad, cut off. We're going to print. <laughs> I said, we can't. And then I said, you know, yeah. those funny pictures that you wanted to put in. He says, yeah, yeah. I like those. Let's keep them. I said, no, you can't keep those. We, we have to take them out. I go, you know, cause he was sick and he was going through chemo and radiation. And I said, yeah, what if you want to give the book to the, your priest? And he says, oh, you're right. <laughs> I said, I'm taking all the photos out. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have an A version and an X version if you want it. But yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, he that was his just goal is to, you know, I knew that the prognosis wasn't great. And um, but he was a fighter and and he wanted to really embellish everyone's uh friendship and and try to put it within the 400 pages. Um, and it was, it was tough for him, but he, he was certainly a fighter and he wanted to do a second novel. Um, and wow. that was his goal, but you know, the, uh, the big man upstairs, as, as he said, <laughs> rang the bell and he yeah. had the answer and, uh, yeah. Yeah, sure, Armand was waiting for him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cocktail yeah. in his hands. Oh yeah. yeah. Toddy for yeah. the body. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Something, something to nerves. What took you so long, Lenny? Yeah, yeah. And my uh, my my favorite would be we'd go to Cecilia is watching uh, your Lenny's other daughter. Cecilia is watching, and she said, "Johnny, do your impersonation of Lenny ordering food." And it would be a classic when we, you know, he'd order every appetizer right. on the menu, of course. But he, you know, he'd be like, "Ah, yeah, I'll have a a little something to steady my nerves," you know, or or just, the classic just to be polite. Right. And it's just, I mean. <laughs> I still laugh at that. I mean, it's just like one of those things that a lineism that stick that has stuck with me for 35 years. Like, yeah, yeah. Just to be polite. Um, but Therese, the book is still available, right? People can still buy this. Yep. Yep. Just okay. It's, it's on Amazon. Um, yeah. Okay. So everybody watching, yep. you can still buy this through Amazon.com. Really simple. And I'll make note of that in the description of this episode when we post it. This is oh, going to be posted. If they want, yeah. I can say. Okay. Yep. Great. And, uh, and this episode will be posted on Lenny's birthday, May 4th, which would have been his 90th birthday, wow. uh, which is next Thursday. It'll be up on YouTube, on my YouTube and modern drummers, YouTube. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I like you guys, I'm sure we all have about a dozen more stories. I, I want to quickly just speak on behalf of my kids who got to know Lenny when they were really, really little Colin. You remember I'd, I'd bring them like on a Friday when I'd have them for the weekend and it would still be the middle of the day. And, and I, I thought about this this morning, talking to my son, texting my son, and um, they called him Uncle Lenny. And he always had a jar of candy on his desk. <laughs> and they'd sneak off to his, John, as John Sorensen talked about, he had the best office in the building. He had these curtains, and it was like this secret cave, you know. <laughs> and, and I'd go find them in there, and Lenny'd be on the phone, and he'd look at me and he'd go, ah, it's okay, Johnny, it's okay, that's all right, they can stay, you know. And they'd be eating you know, uh, peppermint candies or playing with the little trinkets on his desk. They used to sneak into Jerry's office too. And, and, uh, they, you know, can we go visit uncle Lenny? I said, no, don't bother uncle Lenny, we, please. And then Lenny would say, yeah, Johnny, it's fine. You know? But, um, yeah. I mean, God, I mean, amazing guy. Well, thank you all so much for being here today. And I'm so glad we could do this. Um, yeah. Thanks for putting it together, John. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Great, great Good job. pleasure, Bill. Anything and thank for Lenny. And yeah, anything for Lenny. So, yeah. yeah. So, I, once again, I want to thank Therese Demuzio, Lenny's daughter, 
Colin Schofield, Wild Bill Morgan, <laughs> the VP of all v- VPs, Jerry Donegan, <laughs> young Paul Francis, no longer as young as he used to be, but he's still a young man. He's still young. And his, and his new venture in making symbols. Thanks to Rob Wallace and John Sorensen, who were also with us. And uh, happy birthday, Lenny. We love you. God bless happy you. Birthday, mm-hmm. Happy and, birthday, Lenny. Happy birthday, baby. Yeah. And thanks, everybody, for watching. Thank you, John. Thank you. Thanks, John. Thank you, guys. All right. All right. That's my show. Thanks for listening. You can watch episodes of Live from My Drum Room live in real time on Facebook Live by following my Facebook page, Live from My Drum Room with John DeChristopher, and also my YouTube channel, Live from My Drum Room with John DeChristopher. And while you're there on YouTube, check out my new show, Track Talk, iconic songs with iconic drum parts, and the drummers who created them. It's really cool. Check it out. Shorter episodes. You'll love it. And Track Talk is only available as part of my Live From My Drum Room series on my Live From My Drum Room YouTube channel and podcast platforms. So please subscribe. All Live From My Drum Room and Track Talk podcasts are available on all the major podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, etc. I also want to give a big thanks to my friend Steve Gadd for providing the music for my show. That's really Steve. And remember, no drummers are harmed during any episodes of Live from My Drum Room or Track Talk. So drummers, remember, when in doubt, leave it out, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.